Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to How to Survive. We're here to get you through the stuff that can kill you. Oh, you mean like bear attacks and earthquakes and fires? Totally. And the stuff that makes you wish you were dead. Yeah, like having your heart broken or peeing your pants or peeing your pants a second time. Check, check, check. Yeah, we should just play the music. Yeah. Ground is shaking under our feet. Mountains on fire, flooding in the street. Can't breathe the air, can't fight the feeling. Goblin down, Xanax ain't the way to be dealing. Gotta do better than just getting high. We gotta stick together if we're gonna Hey, everybody. Welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. I'm Christine Kimmel, and this is Danielle Koenig. How are you doing today, Danielle? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing weird. You're doing weird? I'm doing weird because I had a dream about both you and Garen. Okay. Very realistic dream. All right. About uh, like weird show business. Not show business, like Hollywood show business. I think I'm talking too loud. No, no, no. It's like it's my headphones. Our show's business. Our show's business. Our show's business. Uh-huh. So I was talking to you about uh, merchandise. Yeah. Um, guys, we're going to have merchandise soon. So get Real excited. Soon. Get excited. Yeah. And the design and the stuff I want to talk to you about, which I actually do want to talk to you about. And it right. was, so I was having that conversation. <laughs> And then I started having a conversation with Garen about stuff for Instagram that uh-huh. I actually do want to talk to him about. So it was like the most realistic <laughs> it was just a checklist dream. And you're, yeah. But the strangest thing was that I was having it with you guys in my hometown of Wadsworth, Ohio. Oh my God. Standing on the side of the street and then Judd Hirsch drove by. What? In a taxi? He wasn't. Oh. But he started yelling out the window and I was like, Judd Hirsch thinks he knows me. What? He's got me mixed up with someone else. Oh, okay. And then my daughter, this happened in real life. She goes, Mom, are you okay? 
You mean, okay, she, I'm in bed. She was okay. laying next to me and I was like, yeah, what, what? She goes, you're just saying a lot of numbers out loud. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think I was talking to Garen like about Our, money or something. Oh about God. like, well, if we could, you could see how much this costs <laughs> and then we could see if it's going to work out. And like, so I was saying all the things to Garen out loud and my daughter was sleeping next to me and I woke her up. Oh my God, that's so funny. Talking out loud to Garen about it's work just, stuff. It's just garden squirrel, honey. Just just, I'm just talking to garden squirrel right now about business. Business, 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 business. Oh my God. When so. I when I go into um say goodnight to my son when he's asleep, mm-hmm. I you know, I lean in and I kiss him on the forehead and he he wakes up. He doesn't wake up, but he opens his eyes. Yeah. And then he starts muttering. Yes. And I go, yeah, is it the pillow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I start laughing and then he'll smile. And then oh just, my God, I so love cute. you, mom, clunk. Aww. I know. It's so funny. I got to film it one of these days because it's so crazy. He's just start talking another language. Yeah, get that on tape. I know it. Get tape. On, get that on tape. I'll get a big old camcorder. Yeah, tape it. Anyway, here we are. Um, I'm feeling good, you know. So from dreams to nightmares. From dreams to nightmares. Today we're going to talk about hypothermia. Now, I know very little about this. A, having not been, uh, you know, growing up in a cold area or ever living in a really cold area. So I'm, I'm very curious. Well, here's something interesting. You don't even have to be that cold in that cold of an area to get hypothermia. Okay. You are about to learn a lot. I'm excited. I um, I thought I knew some things about hypothermia. It turns out I didn't know as much as I needed to know. What so, you don't know could fill a fireplace. More. More. A whole house of fireplaces. Oh, that sounds so cozy. Oh, man. I want to <laughs> live in that house. Or an inferno. <laughs> A house with a fireplace in every room. Ooh, I like those fancy places where the fireplace is on in two rooms because oh, it yeah. goes through to the other room. Yes. I think that's so fancy. I like one of those rooms that the fireplace is like the entire wall, basically. Oh, I don't think I know that. You know, it's like a lodge where the fireplace oh, is so big. Yeah, that would require me to be in, in a lodge type situation. It would. Yeah, which I don't really know a lot about. Well, you should try it sometime. Okay. I mean, maybe not right now, because I think it's not as safe to be with a lot of people in lodges, usually no. a lot of people. Unless you're so wealthy, you can just get your own lodge. I am. Get it. <laughs> get it. Get that lodge. <laughs> get that lodge. And then invite I me. got lodge money. <laughs> oh, wait. Of course I'll invite you. Do you have lodge money? I have hey, lodge that's money. That's where we should go for our birthday. Oh, yeah. We were talking about going... Some, oh, really? Oh, somewhere cold. Just just get a, mm. the lodge, right? Mm. Okay. Will there be hot toddies? You know, maybe we shouldn't because we could get hypothermia. Okay. Well, now we know how to address it or we will after this. I just don't want to. I, I, I like you, but I don't think I want to huddle naked with you. No. And that's. What? Naked? Yep. That's maybe required. Oh, We're going to get to that. Okay. So, okay. I, I want to thank my various sources before I start. I used adventure.howstuffworks.com, backpacker.com, outside online, CNN, and livescience.com. Okay. I did my research. You really did. Mm-hmm. Okay. There are so many ways you can freeze to death. <laughs> um, you could be hiking okay. and get lost. Yeah. Uh, you could be skiing and crash into a frozen river. Oh. We're going to talk about that. Oh, God. 
You could be the victim of a plane crash in the Colorado Rockies, like on uh, that show. Have you started watching it yet? Uh, no. Yellow Jackets. No, because I don't have... It's Showtime, Oh, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, I don't have Showtime. I mean, just get it. Okay. Because I need you to... Do, it's, I know. It's I probably like it. you can probably get it for the first month free or... Yeah, you're right. I got to do that. Okay. You know... Nine bucks a month or something. Uh, I don't know. Because Great British Baking Show is over, so I got to find something new. Why can't yeah. I watch that show? Everybody says it's the best thing in the you world. You know what? I've I've gotten sick of it, and then I've come back to it sometimes. So okay. it's hard to explain. I don't know. People but love I get it. it. I get it if it's not your jam. It, maybe not. Not your jam rolled up in a cookie. They do talk about jam a lot. <laughs> they do. I watched an episode, and it was like all they were talking about was jam. And I was like, I think I like cozy shows, but I mean, this might be too cozy. <laughs> it's really cozy. It's so cozy. You know what I'm going to watch next? Hmm. Well, I watched this show called Blown Away that was a glass blowing show. I swear <laughs> to fucking God. Do you know it, Karen? And they have a Christmas one out. Aww. So now I'm going to watch the Christmas series of Blown Away. That sounds nice. It'll be cozy. Um, okay, so a lot of ways to die. Your car could crash into a frozen lake. Your fishing boat could capsize. You could just freeze from losing electricity in your own home. Oh, in Jesus. Fact. Okay. Okay, so that's not all the ways. That's just a couple ways. I'm going to tell you what hypothermia is first. Yeah. A lot of people don't know. So it's when the human body's temperature drops abnormally low, generally below 95 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm going to talk about Fahrenheit and not Celsius because we're in the United States. Okay. Well, when you take your temperature with a thermometer, yes. what is that in? Fahrenheit. Right. But you said below 95. Yeah. But 98.6 is normal. So below 95 is... You can start getting into levels of danger. Yes. Really? Correct. Just a few degrees. Yes. Correct. Wow. Okay. I'm fascinated. All right. Our bodies are constantly losing heat, radiating it out through our skin and losing it to evaporation as wind dries sweat or rain on our skin. Okay. Under normal circumstances, that isn't a problem because our bodies thermoregulate, producing heat to keep our temperature stable. But if we lose heat faster than we're able to produce it, our body temperature begins to creep downward. The result is hypothermia. Okay. That's just a, the basic definition for us to get started. Right. Okay. How cold does it need to be for me to get hypothermia? You might be wondering to yourself right sure. now. Sure. Not as cold as you think. Well, apparently 95 degrees. Yeah. If the weather is rainy or and windy, you can get hypothermia in 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Really? Yeah. Or even warmer if you're immersed in water for a long period of time. The colder it gets, the bigger the risk. At 30 degrees... At, oh, this says... Minus 30 degrees Fahrenheit. I mean, that's very cold. Yeah. A person who isn't dressed for the cold can begin to experience symptoms of hypothermia in 10 minutes or less. Children, older people, and hikers with certain medical conditions may be more prone to hypothermia, but anyone can be at risk. The best way to avoid hypothermia is to wear proper clothing, mittens, not gloves, hats, scarves. Whoa, why not gloves? I think because mittens keep your, separated. your skin together, which keeps it warmer. Yeah. And yeah, I was saying gloves keep your fingers separated. Yes. So it keeps it warmer. That makes sense. But then you can't. I mean, how am I supposed to text if I have mittens on? I think they think you should probably not text oh, okay. and keep your fingers. All right. What if I need to look up what to do for. Oh, I've already listened to this episode. You so know, because you have okay. this episode. You're playing. You can play it. Um, <clears throat> wear proper clothing. Yes, yes, yes. Hats, scarves, dry, windproof layers of clothes. Take extra precautions in extremely cold and wet weather. High winds and around water. Water pulls heat away from the body about 25 times faster than air. Oh, 
Interesting. So if you're going to be out windsurfing, Danielle, yeah. as you love to do. Yes. In my mittens. Wear your mittens. Yeah. And a wetsuit. Okay. Like a hilarious Santa Claus. Yes. That's on a surfboard. You don't expect him to be on a surfboard. No. With his but- dog. With his dog, and the dog has sunglasses. <laughs> I love it a dog and sunglasses. It is rich. It's one of my favorite things. Yep. Drinking alcohol can actually help bring on hypothermia. Oh. Because alcohol, in addition to encouraging risky and irrational behavior, yeah. can also induce vasodilation, the opening up of blood vessels that result in bodily cooling. So mild <gasps> hypothermia, it's, you know, below 95 degrees. That's your skin, your, your, your body, body temperature. temperature. Right. So you, the person can feel cold. They're shivering. They're, they're, they have consciousness. They're alert. Um, they might have some impaired coordination. Um, when the body temperature drops below 93, they can start developing slurred speech, memory loss, poor ju- judgment, and carelessness. Okay. Uh, you just move the person from the cold environment to a sheltered environment. Replace their wet clothing with dry, insulated garments. Uh, give them some warm food and lots of sugary hot fluids. Oh, so sugary, sugary hot, like you know, hot cocoa. I would say sounds that good. Right? Sounds really good. I'm surprised. Sugar. I wonder what. So maybe something about your metabolism or something. I'm just throwing words out, but I'm I just like curious it. as to what. Maybe you just need a quick infusion of calories. Slow heat loss by wrapping the person in a sleeping bag, a plastic bag or a tarp huddling the person in a sleeping bag will help so you got to hug okay. up with them yeah, even yeah, if you yeah. don't like them oh you got to hug up with them and don't use hot water bottles or heat packs this can turn off the body's shivering mechanism <gasps> what mm-hmm. okay instead bring water to boil and have the person inhale the steam okay so you need to shiver yes as a way of regulating i think they're okay so like how you need to sweat yeah. When you're hot, you yeah. need to shiver when you're cold. And yeah. if you, um, wh- I wonder why hot water bottle as opposed to like blankets and stuff would. I think because it's too fast. It's too fast. Okay. I mean, it's a this, shock to the I, system. That's, I'm guessing, because okay. when we, we're going to talk about profound hypothermia now, and this gets really dangerous, and everything has to happen very slowly because the person can go into cardiac okay. arrest. So this is when the person's body temperature drops below 90 degrees, profound hypothermia develops. They become weak and lethargic. They have an altered mental state, so they're confused. They yes. can become combative, irrational. They can go into a coma. Yeah, the the irrational combative is how I get, you know, if I'm in the shade. Yes. So I, if you get I, chilly. Oh, my God. You look kind of chilly right now. Are you okay? I'm not. I okay. know my arms are, are, are crossed. Just, I'm not feeling defensive, and I'm okay. not cold. Are you not upset I'm with just me about anything? I'm upset with you. Because if so, we can talk about it. I, probably have to pee but that's just a normal course of events okay um no i'm not feeling any of those things i know my arms are crossed and i'm not cold but yes i am generally freezing all the time i'm just noticing that i really like your cowl neck on your it's shirt. a weird shirt right no it's not it's weird. like an it's cool. 80s sort of throwback i don't know what it is i like it it works thanks. for you thanks so when the person's body temperature drops below 88 i know i'm throwing a lot of numbers it's just well, it's, this is what you were dreaming about, probably. This is what Mom, I was talking about. Mom, you're just spewing a lot of numbers. <laughs> this is when the person stops shivering. Okay. Their heart pumps less than two-thirds the normal amount of blood. Pulse and breathing are half their normal rates. Their heart becomes irritable and unstable. The person is in danger of cardiac arrest. 
rough handling of the person increases the potential for cardiac arrest. Oh, Jesus. Okay. okay. So what they always say, like, don't move the person. Be gentle. Right. And, and a way to determine if someone is developing profound hypothermia is to have the person try to walk a straight line, heel to toe, as in a sobriety test. Okay. If they can't perform this task and is not intoxicated, this is the, indicates the progression to wow. profound hypothermia. So here's how you help them. Handle them very gently. Rough handling may cause their heart to fail. Place the person in a sleeping bag or clothing on top of him. Any heat you can provide. Uh, don't allow them to eat or drink because the potential for choking or vomiting. <gasps> oh, okay. I guess they're too altered. Their yeah. mental state is too altered. Okay. Rewarming is now best done in a hospital because of the potential complications associated with profound hypothermia. Okay. So you're going to need professional assistance now to evacuate wow. the person. Okay. Okay, it may be difficult to distinguish whether a person is profoundly hypothermic or dead. No, good, good. The profoundly hypothermic person may have a pulse and respirations that are barely detectable. Oh my God, this is horrifying. Double check carefully, feeling for the carotid pulse. It is found on either side of the center of the throat where the carotid artery goes to the head. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to assume the person is alive and yeah. do everything to this would-be corpse yes. that I would do. <laughs> I'm going to ha handle this maybe yeah. corpse yes. as gently as I can because Absolutely. I don't trust myself to find the... I don't either. I'm not going to like, oh, I couldn't find the pulse. Bury him. Guess he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and bury him. No. You're going to check this for at least one minute, since the heart rate may be very slow. Place a glass or plastic surface next to the person's mouth to see if it fogs uh, up. Right. Okay. Would you like to know when to perform CPR? Yes. Okay. This isn't... Okay. If the person is breathing or has any pulse, no matter how slow, do not initiate CPR, as this may cause the heart to stop beating completely. Oh, my God. If there is no sign of a pulse or breathing after one minute, what to do next depends on your situation. If you are alone or with only one other person, cover the hypothermic person and place him in a protected shelter. Okay. Both the rescue both rescuers should go for help and stay together for safety. If there are multiple rescuers and it is safe to stay with the victim, begin CPR. Chest compressions should be done at one half the normal rate. At least two people should go for help and stay together for safety. I guess you guys are in an avalanche or something. I don't know. Like you're not you're not at a Walmart, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> when this is all going on. Hypothermia on aisle five. <laughs> like, you're out somewhere in the wilderness, I'm assuming, when this is happening. Okay, wait, I do have a question because I missed something. Yeah. When do you know to do? Because it said don't do CPR, but then it said do do CPR. If there's three people, do CPR. If, if there's two people, don't do CPR. It's very confusing. I agree. It's okay. if the person is breathing or has any pulse, no matter how slow, do not initiate CPR. Okay. Okay. So... It says then if there is no sign of a pulse or breathing. Oh, after one minute, dead. Okay, so that's why you do have to de decide yes. if if there is a pulse or not. I just don't trust my own, um, my own medical. Well, uh, maybe you're alone with the person. Then you go for help. Okay. <laughs> that's what it says. But if there are multiple rescuers, you send out a couple people. You gotcha. send out. Okay. You do, you know what? You go and yeah. you leave, leave someone else. Yes, to do exactly. That's I'm what I would go do. Search. Yeah. I would be like, I'm gonna go for help. You be in you charge stay of and the, do the CPR. Yeah, right. Um, you want to uh, also okay. Never assume that the profoundly blah, 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 blah. never assume that a profoundly hypothermic person is dead. 
Until his body has been warmed thoroughly and there are still no signs of life, it is possible, though rare, that one without detectable signs of life will recover when rewarmed. Okay. I'm, I'm going to tell you some. Th- these are very odd facts about profoundly hypothermic people. Okay. Okay? So, humans in the final throes of severe hypothermia exhibit a somewhat similar behavior known to researchers as terminal burrowing. <laughs> oh my god, that's the scariest thing you've ever said because now I'm picturing a nearly dead person. Yeah. Yes. Like trying to yes. get in the sheets. That's what they're doing. No, come on, Chris. I'm kind of You're <laughs> freaking me the fuck out. What? <laughs> okay. Oh I'm my not, God. I'm not done. Okay. In a 1995 article in the Interna- International Journal of Legal Medicine, researchers from Germany described hypothermia victims in a position which indicated a final mechanism of protection, i.e. under a bed, behind a wardrobe, in a shelf, etc., Terminal burrowing behavior isn't widely studied or well understood, but the German researchers described it as obviously an autonomous process of the brainstem, which is triggered in the final state of hypothermia and produces a primitive and burrowing-like behavior of protection as seen in hibernating animals. I'm going to throw up. I'm trying to figure out if if it would be scarier in my crawl space to find live raccoons or... (laughs) A burrowing, burrowing hypothermic. It's so awful. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm not done. All right. Paradoxical undressing. Oh, okay. As strange as the terminal burrowing behavior might seem, an act called paradoxical undressing is even more confounding. The term describes the behavior among many victims of extreme hypothermia of peeling off most or all of their clothing, all of their clo- clothing, increasing heat loss. To shut down the loss of heat from the extremities, the body induces vasoconstriction, the reflexive contraction of blood vessels. Over time, however, the muscles necessary for inducing vasoconstriction become exhausted and fail, causing warm blood to rush from the core to the extremities. This results in a kind of hot flash that makes victims of severe hypothermia who are already confused and disoriented feel as though they're burning up. So they remove their clothes. Researchers have concluded that's what they think is happening. So paradoxical undressing often occurs immediately before terminal burrowing. Oh, the researchers so if you find a dead naked yes, guy on yes, a shelf. Yes. It might not be the final position. Yeah, keep going. It might not be, you know, as I know there's a million ways a person could end up naked and dead on your shelf, but this could be one of them. This could be one of them. Uh, So listen to this. Okay. The final position in which the bodies were found could only be reached by crawling on all fours or flat on the body, resulting in abrasions to the knees, elbows, etc. So oftentimes there's a lot of confusion. They think they've found a crime scene. They often think people are victims of sexual assault and they're labeling them as crime scenes because they're finding naked and injured people. But what happened, and, and, and it's also oftentimes there's bottles of alcohol lying around because a lot of people who are like homeless um, and have, you know, alcoholism yeah. will freeze to death because oh they're God. not taking care of themselves. Ugh. So they'll think they've come upon a crime scene when it's really that Ugh. these moments of before death, they do these behaviors. <sighs> um, Another thing that I found interesting is that oftentimes the people have like a serene expression. Oh, you know what? You are just, this is like the Blair Witch Project or something. This is what I'm picturing. Like I'm picturing it in happening and jarring, like 
unsmooth cuts. You know, it's like, like True Detective. Yeah, it's fucking terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it's a but flat circle of. They have a serene expression. It makes me uh, think that they're kind of feeling good at the last okay. moment. Okay, well, but, they're naked and they're on a shelf. So <laughs> digging, death on a shelf, death on a shelf, digging. That's just what this episode should be called: Death, Death on, on a Shelf. shelf. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting. It's fascinating. It's fascinating, and it's 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 very weird. Um, do we, do you want to know how to prevent this from happening to you? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen to you, but you know, no. Let's just let's keep our our everyone listening protected. Yeah. All right. Well, don't. The best way to treat hypothermia is read the weather forecast before you leave. Make sure you're yeah. equipped and dressed for it. Uh, have sufficient insulation, an outer layer to keep moisture at bay. Uh, consider carrying an extra layer or a survival blanket. Eat enough. Calorie mm. fuels the furnace, Danielle. Yes, that's why I'm thinking that they said the sugar thing, because it's, yes. it's the fastest way to get calories, I'm guessing. As the saying goes, cotton kills. What? <laughs> that's, you know that saying? That saying cotton kills? No, I don't know it. That's that is that really what it says? As the saying, as the goes? saying goes. Yeah, that's what it, that's what I Is found. that like a slave thing? Like picking cotton? Well, I would say, but for them, but yeah. it's not a saying at all, I don't think. That's why I think it's funny <laughs> when somebody says like, as the saying goes. Peanut, one peanut butter in the morning. Yeah. Like, what? It's not a saying at all. Okay. Um, but apparently it dries slowly and saps body heat when wet. Instead, pick synthetics or wool. Okay. So if you're going to be, you know, out in the cold, I think that's why a lot of the times for skiing, a lot of the under, long underwear you get to to wear when you ski is not cotton. It's synthetic. It's synthetic. Okay. Keep moving. If you start to get cold, keep your physical activity going. Even walking around camp or doing exercises can help. Yeah. If you're in a situation ever, you know, where you're stranded, don't don't sit and huddle. Move your body. Maybe this is the time to work on your push-ups and sit-ups. I know. I need to. Yeah. Start a fire. Assuming it is legal to start a fire in the particular wilderness area you are visiting, if you have the ability to start a fire, do so immediately. Yeah. Carry matches or a fire starty as fire starter as part of your kit. Okay. Um, okay. A little spooky girl who can just fire starter. Yeah. Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Carry carry a Drew Barrymore with you. She she's pretty small. I don't see why I couldn't. No. God, but the relentless cheeriness. Jesus Christ. I think I'd enjoy it. Heat, food, and drinks, and warm rocks that can be used to keep your sleeping bag warm during the night. Here we go. Shared bodily warmth. Sharing a sleeping bag or under blankets with skin-to-skin contact. Oh, okay. So, you know, hopefully you're with somebody you like. That's interesting. The skin to... Okay, cause they're right, because you have so much body heat. You, gotta, you can transfer it easier. Now, wasn't there... Speaking of Judd Hirsch... Oh, and when aren't we? <laughs> we're often... We actually have mentioned him before. I know. That's what's weird. <laughs> Which I'm sure is why he was in your dream. Of course. I'm always dreaming of people from three episodes ago. Um, wasn't there a taxi episode where he and the woman, the sexy Nardo. woman, had to have sex in the back of a taxi cab so they wouldn't, because they were, the taxi broke down and like, they... I don't know. I'm had not... to because they, it was like, it's the only way we can keep warm. That's interesting. I don't know that show as religiously as I know some other sitcoms. I mean, I definitely watched it, and I'm... I don't either, but I feel like I remember that episode. All right. I'm going to share a story about someone who survived 
and it's insane. Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm 100% ready. Okay. This happened in Norway. Fresh from medical school, Anna Bagenholm chose to do her residency in the Norwegian city of Narvik because of its spectacular mountain slopes. An expert skier, Bagenholm had gone off the trail with two other young doctors on a warm spring afternoon when she fell. Okay. That's what happens you go off the trail. Yeah. Okay. What happened that day in 1999 changed her life and has redefined what is possible in cases of accidental hypothermia. Wow. Bagenholm slid down a steep, icy gully and ended up submerged head first in a hole <gasps> in the ice in a mostly frozen stream. Oh, Jesus God. Only her skis and telemark boots and bindings protruded from the thick, opaque ice. So oh her entire God. body... She's like a popsicle. Yeah. Yeah. Only could see her feet. Okay. As the 29-year-old struggled, her friends Marie Falkenberg and Torvind Nysham, I'm going to mangle a lot of names in this, began a frantic effort to free her, made impossible by a torrent of frigid spring runoff pouring over them (sighs) into the hole where their friend was submerged. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They called for help, starting a chain of events that is now part of medical literature and local lore. Bard Mikkelsen, a police lieutenant in Narvik at the time, took the call. I realized this was really a serious case. He scrambled a pair of rescue teams in Narvik, one from the top of the mountain, the other from the bottom. He also contacted the nearest rescue team in Bado, Bodo, nearly 200 miles away, but the Sea King helicopter had already left to transport a sick child. Oh. I told the operator, you must send the helicopter to here, and you have only one minute to decide it. This is so European. <laughs> European. You have to call me back. The time is running out. The dispatcher turned the helicopter around. I guess that sick child. Uh, no, fuck him. Yeah, he died. Yeah. Heading the... I, I, I don't think he <laughs> Hey, died. kid, before you die, you want to see something hey, really cool? come with us. This is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> see, those, see those skis sticking out? That's a person. That's a person. <laughs> You're not going to see something like this again. Or anything. <laughs> Last moments of life are going to be interesting for you. Heading the rescue party from the top of the mountain, Katil Singstad skied as fast as he could in the wet springtime snow to the spot where Bagenholm remained trapped under the ice. Singstad said he and the others tied a rope to her feet and tried unsuccessfully to pull her free, and the snow shovel and small saw they had brought were no match for the thick ice. Then he saw another rescuer heading up the mountain with a pointed garden shovel. Using that tool, rescuers cut a hole downhill from Bagenholm and pulled her through the opening. She had been okay. under the ice for about 80 minutes. Holy shit. I thought we were taking a friend dead out of the water. Yeah. Bagenholm ski companions, both doctors, began CPR and continued until the rescue helicopter arrived. They winched her up the hovering chopper, up the hovering chopper, giving her CPR and squeezing air into her sodden lugs, lungs as they made the hour-long flight to the University Hospital of North Norway. She had completely dilated pupils. She is ashen, flaxen white. She's wet. She's ice cold when I touch her skin, and she looks absolutely dead. On the EEG, uh, which the doctor on the helicopter has connected to her, there's completely flat line. Like you could have drawn it with a ruler. Oh, my God. No signs of life whatsoever. And the decision was made. We will not declare her dead until she is warm and dead. (laughs) (laughs) Gilbert and the 
waiting team at the hospital were hoping the CPR that Bagenholm received after being pulled from the stream had provided enough oxygen to her chilled brain. When it's cold, the brain needs far less oxygen than it does at normal temperature. Oh. And Bagenholm was definitely cold. Her body, temp- her body temperature was just 56 degrees Fahrenheit. No one had ever been that cold for that long and survived. Okay. They oh rerouted her blood through a heart-lung machine and slowly warmed it. More than three hours after her heart stopped, Gilbert recalled watching the video probe of Bagenholm's heart. It was standing completely still. No movement. I just saw some little shivering. No fibrillation. And suddenly, it contracted. Pshh. And there was. Pause and a push. Pshh. Bagenholm was alive. But months of recovery lay ahead, paralyzed for almost a year <gasps> until her damaged nerves healed. Bagenholm today is a radiologist at the hospital what where she was the saved. What? She has returned to skiing and other sports. She and Nashheim began dating in the years since he since the accident and now live together. Wait, he's the one who rescued her? Yeah. Okay. Bagenholm remembers nothing of the accident and adds that the event did not change her life whatsoever. I'm not so emotional. I'm more practical, I think, she says. I was okay. Well, she's just Norwegian, right? Yeah, she, she's just. I know when you were saying she's like pale and yeah, you know, cold. I'm like, so how does this? How would you tell? I mean, yeah, she was already Norwegian. Like that. Yeah, sounds like wow, eighty That's, minutes. So they just, they just had. I mean, they just kept trying and trying, yeah. like because yeah. normally you just leave her for. So she's so she got warm and dead. She yeah. got coma and dead. Yeah, she coma and she warm, was really what? just that ice just like basically put her in a coma right but the ice the coldness in a sense helped because you need less oxygen Mm -hmm. that's amazing i thought that was so fascinating that's great i didn't even think that was possible well thanks christine my god that was fascinating well i hope none of us die from hypothermia i hope so too we um have just discussed hypothermia and when we come back we are going to have a fantastic hilarious guest regan burns who's going to tell us about freezing his balls off. I can't wait for that. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax. The way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. I'm Danielle Koenig. I'm Christine Kimmel. We did, there's no reason to reset, but sometimes it just feels like like a professional thing to do. I like it. But not for this profession. <laughs> not for podcasts. Uh, how was your break, Christine? Oh, it was good. I had some chats with Garen. Yeah. and um, Chats with Garen. That's what I'm calling it. Chats with Garen. We worked some stuff out. Oh. and um, Resolve the issues you guys had? I don't I, I think we have some more to talk about. Is he not gotten over you calling him, what was it, Gavin? We had no Gavin moments. Good. But we might later. You might 
intentionally called the wrong name later? Yeah. Okay. Um, we are so excited because we have a fantastic guest here. Um, you know him from a thousand million commercials. Too many. Too many. You know, if you have kids, dog with, dog a, blog. with a blog, which my son was obsessed with. Alex, and my daughter loves it. It's, She's it's, gonna be so excited when I tell her. I'm only here because of Alex. Aww. Aww. She's gonna be so happy. And uh, he's you. You just see him all the time. Oh, I know what I saw you in that I bragged to Uh-oh. my son about was um, it's always sunny. I did do a you, sunny. Yeah, you were yeah. Uh, the bouncer into the pool. I was. Yeah, that was a great episode. Yeah, that was a good. The trivia I always get with that one is, um, and uh, I'm forgetting her name, the blonde on the show. Uh, Very oh, funny. I feel so bad. I'm That's forgetting right. too, but I will remember. Uh, Garen will, will Google it for yeah. us right now. Uh, she was pregnant. Well, let me just first say your name. It's Regan Burns. Oh, hi, everybody. Regan Burns is here. Yeah. Welcome. So in the last segment, we talked about hypothermia. Mm. We did. Surviving hypothermia. We got into it mm-hmm. deep. And now with Regan, we're going to talk about how to survive freezing your balls off yeah well technically yeah i mean what a coincidence that you have me on the show about hypothermia no it's and, amazing um, how the stars all lined out. up um now uh, you probably don't know this christine danielle just probably hears about my escapades yes through, through jimmy and whatnot um no I'm, i see all your facebook posts that's true i gotta get a new hobby and i have to stop talking about it no i love it um i'm a i'm a bit of an adventure racer okay okay now this is not because i'm some studly i'm not one of those kind of crazy thrill seekers you know i don't paraglide or swim with sharks or anything like that it all kind of came out of um i got really heavy in my 30s i found out the only thing i could do to lose weight was run okay i started running and lost the weight i got really bored with running anyone here like a big runner horrible it's just hate running i still do it i hate it it's horrifically boring it's so boring yeah there's just it's monotonous and you know you can only listen to so many podcasts I was going to say, podcasts do make it easier. It does but make it a little yes. easier. Uh, so I got in, I said, if I'm going to run and I have to keep doing this, I'm going to find something that breaks it up. Okay. And that would be obstacle course racing and adventure racing. Oh, wow. Cool. Which is, instead of just running 80 miles, yeah. run 30 miles, go kayaking, climb a mountain, rappel, oh, wow. mountain biking. Okay. So, I didn't know it was all so that. Are these those, oh, yeah. it's, it's like... Iron, Iron Man kind of stuff, it's right? It's kind of like that. Iron Man is pretty much just run to you drop, swim to you drop, bike. Uh, and bike. Okay. Um, adventure racing is more they drop you in the middle of nowhere, uh-huh. and you have a compass, and <gasps> you know you Whoa. have to get to points, and you got to go through terrain that's uh, unmanned or you know bushwhack or... Yeah, and they'll, what they'll do is they'll normally, really big ones, like I've done ones that are three, four days, they'll put a tracker on you uh-huh. so okay. that if for any reason something goes wrong, you can hit a button and they'll know ex- your exact location to medevac you out. This they, sounds really cool. I, I know, reala- it's fun. I honestly didn't realize this is what you did. I thought you were doing the sort of like... Um, you know, like we've done mud runs, but yeah. but I thought you were doing like more extreme versions of that. Where I, it's like I, a I do those. Oh, those okay. keep me in shape. That's like a weekend thing. Like you know, go and run a Spartan or yes, a tough mud. Yes, or yes, yeah. But I've kind of graduated into these thirty-six it. hour, forty-eight Whoa. hour kind of adventure races. Okay, wait. I have. I'm sorry. I have more questions because I find this fascinating. <laughs> I, so I, I want to live I, vicariously through. Like this is. I don't physically think I could ever do something like you that. You could. But I love the concept of it because it sounds so fun yeah like just this idea of adventure of like 
not knowing. It's kind of the unknown. And the guys who do the really good adventure races like are ones that will also not just give you physical challenges, but they'll give you mental challenges. Oh, okay. So I'll give you an example. There's one called The Endeavor. It's about a 36-hour nonstop race, uh, and you really don't know everything that's coming. I've done it a few times. One year, at the beginning of the race, they said, for fun, they handed out pieces of paper. We're going to all recite this huge battle cry monologue from Henry V. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. You know, like everyone together, you know, into the night and douth and shouth and a lot yeah. of doths and whatever. Uh-huh. And I've never been a huge Shakespeare guy. But it's this, this huge quote from Henry V. And then we're going to send you guys off into the night. Good luck. <gasps> so we all read the monologue out loud and we're cheering and we're all pumped and they go, fantastic. Oh, one more thing. At some point during the race, no. you're going to run into somebody. When you get to a checkpoint, at that point, you will have to recite this monologue verbatim by memory. Oh, my God. (laughs) Holy shit. So not only are you running through the woods, jumping off waterfalls, you also have this little piece of paper and you're trying to memorize. And then when you got to that point, and of course, when do you think we got to them? At about hour 30, 2 o'clock in the morning, in the pitch dark, and you're freezing, and there's a guy with a flashlight, and you're like, oh, no, this is it. But you must have had an advantage, because you're an actor, and you memorize lines for a little. Well, I am. I'm a bit of a thespian, Daniel. Thank you. (laughs) So... So... Uh, is so this, yeah, is this the once more into the breach? Yes, that, yes, yes, okay. yes, 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 yes. Um, that's all I know. I'm just yes. That, that's all. I know. And uh, so yeah, and then you get to him, and he's like, "Go ahead and do it." And then he <laughs> what will, if you can't? Well, uh, he would either do this. He would either go continue, or he would just say no. <gasps> and you could then go sit down and try to memorize oh, it more. Okay. Wouldn't okay. tell you what you missed. Wouldn't tell you what you got wrong. Just simply. So no. it's no. It oh, is similar. Pass or fail. Yeah. Pass or fail, and you either go on or you sit there in the dark and freeze. And the last thing you want to do is sit there and shiver. And this yeah. is like Amazing Race. Uh, I yeah. mean, I know it's not, but yeah, I'm no. saying that aspect of like you have to, you know, yeah. perform a task. Just while... with, yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah. yeah, I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. When you're running, you know, in the night, mm-hmm. are you by yourself, or are there other That's people around? There ask. are solo. You could do solo races. Mm. Uh, I tend to like to do two or three or four person teams. Mm-hmm. I feel yes. a little more safe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even if you are a solo, um, if you're going to some of the same terrain, like there'll be times where you'll be on a mountain and you'll be like, yeah. I can see lights of people moving. Like, okay. like well, there's a guy about a half a mile away. I could see his headlamp okay. moving. But so, there are people who like the solo. I find that a bit disorienting. Yeah. It feels you know, a little scary. That's why I usually, I usually bring alone. Garen along. Garen's my. He's your Sherpa. Yeah, he's my Sherpa. He, he, he carries everything. He carries the pack. He carries everything. He has the thing with the, <laughs> j- the yes. drum. The little. So it all comes back to the St. Bernard. He's your St. Bernard. He carries yeah. the little jug. I even make him like speak with a foreign accent, not very good English, so I feel oh, like I'm like in the Himalayans, you know? Yeah. Like we're, not only that, but we're getting over like a language barrier. Oh, it's like yeah, role you pretend- playing. I love it. Yeah. So that was my other question. When you're dropped in, I, now when you say dropped, I'm assuming people in cars drive, drive you. Yeah, they to, drive okay. you to a location maybe. So why doesn't everyone just stick together? And Because not everyone is given the same routes. Oh. Your team might have to go five miles to checkpoint one. This team might have to go 17 okay. miles to this, break it up. You've been assigned to find these flags. You've been assigned to go to this. I now, see. Now we'll probably all go to the same thing eventually. Mm-hmm. We'll all do the same uh, river raft or whatever it is, but it's not all always linear like that. Okay, so here's here's what I've learned from my years of racing. One, 
I don't belong in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> and two, I don't belong in extreme cold. This is me to a T. Yeah. Same, same, same. So here's, here's, uh, here's where I found out I don't belong in both. I was, I signed up for a 12 hour race wow. uh, called From uh, Dawn to Dusk. Okay. So it starts right at sunup on the beaches uh, up near Santa Barbara, one of the beaches in Santa Barbara. And it will you have to finish and get to the finish line by the uh, sunset. This is during a longer part of the year, so we have, I think, about 12 hours. Um, the things we'll be doing, we will be running. We will be mountain biking. We huh. will be rappelling. We oh, will be yes. swimming. We will be finding checkpoints that are hidden throughout the mountains. But we're starting uh-huh. with a five-mile single kayak ride down the ocean coast. That sounds hard. Yeah, but it's first. So in okay. my mind, girls, uh-huh. I know in the back of my mind, like, ah, last time I was in the sea, I got a little sick. I went, like, deep-sea fishing, you uh-huh. know, and I was like, oh, I'm queasy, and I don't feel great. Uh-huh. And then I know I don't do well in cold, but I'm like, I'm in a kayak. I'm not swimming in the right, ocean. Right. I'm, the swim is later in a lake, and I heard that's fine. I know the ocean's cold, so I'm going to be fine. Garen, I'm going to get my kayak. I'm going to get I'm gonna, five miles. It's quick, quick. Nausea won't even hit me. I'll be yeah. So we're on the beach. Mm-hmm. It's freezing, of course, in the morning. Uh, sure. And the first thing we notice is that the swells are out of control. Oh no! Like, so just to get out, so you have to you have to paddle straight outward into the, towards the Pacific, yep. then get over all the waves, hang a left five miles down, and then come back in shore where your mountain bikes were waiting for us. Oh my god! This is like I know. I don't, I, don't, I won't go for a run and then do Pilates in the same day. <laughs> Like, Jesus Christ. Every time someone tells me they've done something before Pilates, I'm like, what? Yeah. You did two exercises today? I don't understand. Okay, so anyway, this is insane. So, uh, I don't know, horn is is blown, and uh, we're off, and we have to push our kayaks in the water, try to get them over the big waves, jump in. We, of course, have, you have a backpack with you, about a 30-pound backpack that has all your gear for the day. You have to carry all your own gear. What kind of clothes are you in? Uh, At this point, I think I'm in uh, thermal, uh, water-wicking kind of, because they'll be splashing, whatever, but not really swimming gear. Okay. Not stuff that... It's not going to do anything about body temperature. Okay. Uh, over the swells, mm-hmm. that's fine. Jump in the kayak. I'm about the middle of the pack. I'm feeling pretty good about okay. myself. I, I don't do this. Obviously, there's mm-hmm. guys up there who all the time, and but there's people behind me. So we're going along, and then it hits me. I don't feel so hot. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to throw up. Oh, no. So I vomit. Okay. Um, off the side, fade back a little bit. Uh, at this point in time, you should know that there's one guy on a jet ski on the five mile stretch going back and forth. Okay. Just okay. to check and make sure okay. people are okay. If there's ever trouble, the universal sign is to put your kayak straight up in the in the air, like uh, your um, or your oar straight mm-hmm. up in the air. Okay. So I throw up, and he happens to be coming by when I do that, and he's he like, "Okay," and I'm like, "I think I'm fine now. Mm-hmm. I got it out of me. I'm about a mile in." Um, Garen is loving the story, by the way. <laughs> um, so I'm going uh, uh, on a little bit more, and I suddenly don't feel good again. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, I'm going to get sick. Now I'm getting dizzy. Oh and God. now the swells are starting to pick up, and I'm, I'm, <sighs> it's a lot of up and down stuff. Um, I apparently passed out. <gasps> oh, my God. So uh, I go unconscious. 
Oh, my God. And apparently tipped over immediately. And then as soon as the water hit me, uh, I I regained consciousness. Okay. But now I'm completely upside down. I'm holding onto my bag like making sure I don't lose that, trying to get my kayak, or it's it's a melee. And the, the waves Wait, are... Wait, are you under the water at this point? Uh, I was underwater briefly. I've gotten back up, okay. and now I'm just trying to keep everything. I'm uh-huh. putting my, okay. my bag with all my gear is now drenched. Oh, it's no. in the kayak. Okay. I'm holding on the kayak, the oar. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get back in. Okay. I, I can't even figure out how I'm going to get back right. in. Um, and waves are just waves are just everywhere everywhere yeah. and now everyone's starting to pass and they're like they're all like we'll tell the guy we'll tell the guy uh-huh. um, so eventually the jet skier starts I can see him coming he's a good two three minutes away now I start shivering oh the water's really cold oh god also you should know that we're along the shoreline but there's no be- there's no public beaches there mm-hmm. it's like closed area so it's oh. not like there's there's nothing. Uh, on the shores, uh, no people, no humans, no oh, beaches, okay. no piers. It's okay. nothing. Um, so he gets to me. I said, I can't get back in. My legs are getting cold. I can't get, get back in. He goes, okay, I can't go all the way into the shore because there's so much kelp. Mm-hmm. He goes, the best I can do is grab this tow line and I will drag you as close to the shore as I can. And then you're going to have to kind of swim and surf in. I'll do that. He does. Wait, I'm, I'm, he's literally on skis. He's on a jet ski. Oh, a I big thought... jet ski. <laughs> you, you thought he was being pulled by a, yes, he's on a jet ski. He's getting ready to jump a shark on his skis. The boat's pulling him. leather jacket on it was it was very weird hey um what is it called when you're on water skiing water skiing yes. no not water skiing i always get that confused yeah, so yeah. he was on like a skidoo he's on a skid um, we could call it that, Isn't that what it's called? i skidoo was skidoo the, uh, skidoo okay uh, yeah. okay so he's gonna tell you he how he can drag me halfway into the shore i, I hold a rope okay tie it you're, you're in the water i'm in the water Where's the kayak? I, Just like yeah, i'm holding on to it oh you're holding it's the keeping kayak. me afloat okay I, I, I'm, I can't get my legs to move now. Yeah. So he says, I'll drag you into shore okay. as close as I can. I can't go through all the kelp. You're going to have to kind of ride a wave into the shore. Jesus. I'm going to drive ahead and tell the right. truck to send someone back down about where to get you. Uh, sure enough, he gets me closer to the shore. Now I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to swim. Yes. I get to the sand and I'm lying there by myself. Now I'm really starting to, to shiver bad. Sounds like mild hypothermia. It does sound uh, like mild going hypothermia. Going into maybe a more severe state. Uh, Profound. Possibly severe. Well, what, um, Based on our knowledge of what we've studied. They send a guy back up in a truck. I'm there shivering for about 15 minutes. <gasps> oh, my God. He throws all my stuff in the back of his truck, puts me in the passenger side, and then drives me back down to the second station where our mountain bikes are. Okay. I get there, and the medics are not there. <gasps> so uh, he pulls me out of the truck, and he says, I need help. Is there a doctor here? And there was a doctor there who happened to be a friend who was watching oh. his friend race. Um, he said he's going into severe hypothermia. At this point, I'm not shaking anymore. Uh-oh. I can't Uh-oh. feel anything anymore. They oh, say, no. once you stop shaking, yep, yep. you learn this. You need to shiver. Now, 
just try to get see the picture here. I'm in the middle of a parking lot. There's mountain bikes everywhere. There's people coming racing. Right. Yeah. They're coming in. He goes, we need to get all of his clothes off of him. Oh, no. We need to get him yep. down. The best thing we do is lay him down on the hot uh, pavement mm-hmm. and try to get fluids in him. Uh, so I stripped oh, completely naked in front of 500 plus racers. Oh, I have to. First of all, I have two things to say. Okay. I'm <laughs> Regan is in excellent shape. Oh, well, I, yeah. So he probably was uh, not embarrassed uh, because the well, guy is cut. Well, uh, you know, hypothermia will make. The shrink things. It will, yeah. So I, mean, I can't, I can't speak for that. You're not going to be looking your best. When you're sub uh, sub Celsius. The second question is. Yeah. <laughs> we learned that you can sometimes become disoriented when yeah. you're. So are you actually embarrassed? Are you actually conscious of that, no, or are you just well, like? This is what I remember because a lot of it's foggy. I remember them stripping me down naked and watching people go by, and a lot of the racers, while I'm buck naked, uh, and they throw some foil over me. Mm-hmm. While they come by, are all patting me, going, "You're okay. You're, oh, we got you." This yeah. or whatever. Nice. So, long story short, and it is just about over. I'm laying on the pavement naked. They've got some blankets over me now. They gave me some water to drink. I threw that up immediately. Yeah. I continued to drink some more, and I could feel the shivering come. And the doctor who was looking over me. I looked at him and I said, whatever you do, kind of half jokingly, I said, do not let me die naked in a parking lot <laughs> in, front of these pe- in front of these people. And he looked at me and he said, die? He goes, I'm going to get you back in this race. Uh, what? <laughs> fuck I, no. I was, yes, like, exactly. I'm, I'm pretty sure, I don't know, if I, I'm pretty sure fuck no is the first thing I would have said. Um, I laid there for about an hour. Everybody at this point had come and gone. Right. The medics had shown up now. They got there about 15, 20 minutes after. Uh, they IV'd me. Okay. Uh, to get the fluids in. Mm-hmm. Um, I got some soup in. And then about a half hour after that, now there is one bike in the parking lot. Everyone <laughs> is up on a trail up a mountain somewhere. Um, I said, where's my bag? Come on. And I got my bag, and I changed clothes, and I got on my bike, and I finished the race. No, you didn't. Not only that, I actually caught up and finished about the middle of the pack. What? Yeah. How? Garen, thank you very much. Garen you was know? the best uh, I was there, and I kept hearing the words of that that guy going, die, I'm going to get you back in the race. I, was, and I remember the time I was like, you know, I was like, you're out of your, right. Pl- here's my, number, call my kids, yeah, tell them, right. you know, yeah. Yeah, the right. dad, don't ever do anything like this. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, hypothermia, if it hits you, it's bad. But I don't think, and I mean, I'm sure if you're in Antarctica and you're losing yeah. extremity and we may not sure. save your hand, that might lay you out. But... <laughs> Hour and a half later, I was like, well, "I'm here." I, I mean, I paid the registration, Did Danielle. You? <laughs> <laughs> you can't get that money You're back. I, they, you don't get a T-shirt back. unless you finish. Exactly. <laughs> and you right. need another. That's amazing. Fake metal. I, I need another fake, yeah, stupid thing that sits in a shoebox. I'm not that guy, by the way. Have you ever, have you ever go to those houses where there's people who got the accolades of like I've won this? Really? All, every award I've ever gotten, whether I've won a race or just finisher medal uh-huh it's all in one big box in i a, think in that's a appropriate right. um so how long did you have to contemplate like once you were feeling better 
what was the thought process like? I'm going home or I'm going to finish this? You know, when I remember they brought me my bag, which was drenched. My map is drenched and everything. And I remember just going through it and just looking at my stuff. And I went, that shirt's not too wet. Okay. Like when it, it hit uh, me, that you know what? I've okay. actually got some clothes in here because I would have changed into bike gear anyways. You have yeah. your kayak gear, yeah. your bike yeah. gear. And I'm like, I actually... This is still usable. All my food wasn't ruined for the day. You know, I was like, oh, I could still, I got a couple bars. I got some goose, whatever. Uh-huh. I was like, well, technically I could keep going. And then I'm like, you know, I mean, Santa Barbara, it's heavy traffic that time of day. I'm like, you know, do I really want to sit in the car all the yeah, way back to, to LA so County? That's so fascinating. I mean, it also, to me, is a testament that you also just really enjoy this. Like you must enjoy the rest of the I, race. I guess. That it's yeah. not torture for you. No, it is torture, though. I mean, it, it's, it's, enjoyable it's torture. physical torture. Yeah. But it's very rewarding. I think what started as, it backed me up on this, Garen. I think what starts as just, you know, like a journey to be physically fit becomes mm-hmm. like a how far. Yeah, you're competitive with yourself. But like I said, I'm not a, but I'm not that, I'm, you know, like I'm not jumping off cliffs and, and yeah, but it's still, I don't bungee jump. Right, I don't, right. Uh, yeah, but it's still pushing yourself. Yeah. I think if I knew that, like, well, here's the thing I learned. I'm, I'm never going to do anything on the sea. Oh, okay. yeah. I'm, I do not do, I do do races in the cold sometimes, but you know, the chances of me getting hypothermia on those are a lot less. Wow. But I, I don't. I don't know so, why I do it, Christine. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, maybe it's a midlifer. I mean, I mean, I'm past my midlife now. I'm, I'm into my fifties, well. So, I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. I always tell my wife, "Look, I'm not doing cocaine off hookers in Vegas." So, if this is my insane right, exactly. midlife thing, does she object to you doing it? Uh, sometimes I think she'd rather me do cocaine off. No, yeah, um, no, she loves it. Uh, because she knows it keeps me um, uh, appreciative of when I'm not doing it, which it does, you know? Yeah. It makes you uh, really relish the time with my family. I think I'm more proud of showing them me doing this than dad selling cheese on TBS <laughs> during a commercial break, you know what I mean? Totally. And it's just something you came by kind of later in life and just because you just... Well, why not? I, guess. I love it. Have you guys had any like extreme cold like running, run <laughs> really bad day in the, the, the well, mammoth or anything? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not a very outdoorsy person. I would like to be more, but I'm just I'm really not. And also, I'm always cold. We, we joke about it on the show, yeah. but I'm generally freezing a lot. So you got no body fat. It's I don't know if it's that, but it's. I mean, I definitely do. So it's, I don't know, but I'm just always cold. My mother is always cold too. And she has body fat, but she will wear like five heavy coats in 80 degree weather. So Uh of course she's older. So maybe that's why. But so when my son was in like fourth grade, they do a trip to Catalina Island Mm -hmm. and can get cold. So I was a chaperone and as a chaperone, they, you, they tell you when you get there, you have to do a swimming test. Where oh, I'm hoping the story <laughs> ends up with her naked in a parking lot. Go on. <laughs> so you have to swim to, out to a um, kayak 
And I think get in the kayak, tip yourself over, and get back On in. purpose? Yeah. I can yeah. highly, highly discourage that for any yeah. listeners out there. Yeah, because you had to like learn how to yeah, get safely out from how to get out. Yeah. yeah. So I remember I was terrified. And I wasn't terrified of swimming. I wasn't terrified. Of the, I was terrified of being cold. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I deal with it so badly. Do you have a wetsuit or? Yes, they put okay. wetsuits on us. That helps. Believe, Doesn't do everything, but it yeah. still the Wait, Pacific is still cold, even with a wetsuit. I'm not sure if we did have a wetsuit. I can't remember. I'll have to ask another mom that who was there. But I, I mean, I did it. I just kept telling myself, "You have to do this. You said you would do this. You have to do this." But I was like panicked. Like I, I don't get panicked that often, but I think I was genuinely panicked because I was just so scared of being cold. <laughs> That's so no, pretty I, much the same story as me. It really yeah, is. It's just it's about you did it on purpose, and people were pat coming by, patting me. You're going to be okay. You're going okay. to be. You're going to be great. No, I mean, I didn't say anything to anyone. I was just like. But uh, but I did it, and I was just like, okay. Did you I get can... the kayak back over and get yeah, back in it? Yeah, I did the whole oh, thing. Oh, look yeah, at yeah, you. Yeah. You got, you're stronger than me. I, it must have been a very light kayak. I don't know what it was, but it, was, it wasn't it was so hard. It was, And then, of course, my son like refused to do all the water stuff. But um, <laughs> I was like, God damn it, your mother did it. Um, Oliver's like, Mom, you're an idiot. I don't I know. know why you would ever do that. He's not big on, he's <laughs> really not big on adventure. He's like... The opposite, but you know what? That could change. It I could hope crack. so. We're all—he's evolving. You I mean, never he, know. you know, when during the during the height of COVID and when we were doing family walks because you weren't allowed to leave your house. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would have thought we were torturing him. It was family walks were the worst thing in the world to him. Really? Yeah. Oh, he hates exercise. He hates it. Uh, give, give, him a, give him three months with me. Okay. Can I have your son yes. for three months. And yes, we'll just... take him. <laughs> and it was so funny because on Thanksgiving. Um, we go to my cousin's on Thanksgiving and she like takes out all the furniture from her from her living room to put up tables. Yeah. And so all the couches were in the garage and they had to put the couches back. And I walk by and I'm looking at my son, who's five one, um, and his cousin, my my cousin's uh kid who's eighteen and, you know, six two and hundred and eighty pounds of muscle. Um and they're they're, they're going to lift the couch together. <laughs> nice. And I, I walked by and I was like, I was like, I'm not going to embarrass him. So I'm like, you, you guys, right. I go, you guys got this? And, and he kind of looks at me like, I don't know. And he, he did it. Yeah, he and did. He, and then so he they, they brought the couch into the house and then we were in the car and it was like the scene from uh, Dirty Dancing. He's like, I carried a couch. <laughs> It's like, and then he came home. And Jimmy didn't go because Jimmy's allergic to dogs. And he came home and he, you know, bragged to Jimmy oh, that he yeah. carried a couch. It was so cute. So I think it's like he doesn't know what he can do, but but probably that's not much more than what he can do. <laughs> I, could, I could totally see him talking that up with Jimmy oh, though. Like, so, yeah, I did a little furniture yeah. moving today, Dad. They needed me, so I stepped it up. It was so funny because he's just not, you know, a physical big guy in any way but. what's the closest you've come to an adventure type of thing? danielle's been flipping kayaks in the ocean <laughs> like me you, I, have, uh, I have not flipped a kayak in the ocean but i do love kayaking uh, but i don't like ocean kayaking i don't like i, right? I like right? i like kayaking in rivers yeah a river or a lake or a nice, lake i love to be yeah. in a kayak on a river or a lake um which is not as easy in california but you can find them okay uh but i i'm the same with the ocean i i don't want to be in it i don't want to swim in it not this one. I'll, I'll, I'll swim in a different... And there's area. stuff in there. Yes. Yeah. I'll swim in the Caribbean. I get freaked oh, out. Oh, okay. Oh, you will? Why the Caribbean? Cri- it's, it's warmer. warmer. 
I know, but there's more things there. Like warm water means there's more things I don't living, mind. right? I, yeah, but I, I love to snorkel. So like No, I don't do that. I, I'm big, really? No. That's I do. Fun. I no. love snorkeling. I, I don't I won't my husband scubas and I won't scuba, but I love to sn- I'll snorkel any day. Jimmy would spend the rest of his life snorkeling if he could. Really? He loves yeah. it so no, much. No, no, Why don't you like it? I saw Jaws one too many times. Uh, uh, is that yeah. it? Are that you is it, seriously. I, wow. Jaws traumatized me as well, big time. And so I, I do get like, even when we, the last time we were in Hawaii, we were in, uh, we were snor- we just pulled over to snorkel at a beach that looked good. And like yeah. my son was out a little bit further than me. And the whole time I was just like, yep. shark's going to get him, a shark's going to oh. get him. Like, but I have to overcome like i just why they're out there yeah but (laughs) you don't have to overcome you know what don't that's like going you don't worry about them when they drive a car there's other cars no they're out there i think we should worry probably more about cars than sharks i know but when they're in the water (laughs) we don't have to worry about cars but she worries about everything which is why we started this podcast so it's fine you're a worried word i'm the i am yes yeah this is like why it's how to survive because christine worries about everything everything so the fact that she's able to let go and maybe her son gets eaten by a shark look we all have our crosses to bear yeah i'm hoping that's not going to be my cross yeah. but right. i i think despite the fact that i do worry about everything i am pretty adventurous. i know that's what's so like, impressive. i still do all the things i want to do for the I, most part but i'm the same like i like adventures but i'm not i'm never going to jump out of a plane yeah. i'm not interested in like repel like i'm not interested in those big sort of crazy right things right but like i love hiking i love like doing outdoors mm, I'm, I'm i, th- I think i could have you in an adventure race within like I a know. half a bottle of wine mm, i don't like to run though mm, there's ones where you just have we don't there's ones where you just move a lot it's a lot of oh, really mountain- yeah, i can yeah, do yeah. that she can do that. i don't like to, I, I don't like to be cold they have there are a lot of warm states now yeah. everything is in alaska i want have good. you done an alaska one uh, no, I haven't. Are there ones? Too, in, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Too much But you. can Danielle a, come? Because I want yeah, her to be in my pictures. group. I think, da- I think Danielle, and, and this is not a slight against Danielle. I think she would agree, probably. I think Danielle would be the girl that's on the headset in the phone, uh, in, in the van. <laughs> you know, like the monitors. Yeah. You, guys are, you, know, you guys are looking good. You want them to go about two points due east. She's drinking she, the other half a bottle of wine. She's, like, she's like the one in every uh, like bank heist movie where everyone's breaking the bank, but she's in the van just looking at monitors. <laughs> You got guards coming in on the left wing of the tower. I think because she's just very analytical. So maybe she could be like the... I could see that. Well, Danielle does describe herself as an indoor cat. I'm an indoor cat. But I have... I've done the mud runs. Those are really fun. I really enjoyed them. And I know they were were not anything like what you're describing. They were... But they were climbing over things. And I found that fun. They were going under the barbed wires and all that stuff. So I'm up to trying those things. Yeah. See, I think we can also talk her into it. Yeah, you can talk me into it. Let's do it. But I hate... But I'm not a strong swimmer. And no swimming. So no swimming. Because we're not getting into the What if the swimming uh, wasn't ocean and you could wear a life vest? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I do that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like if it was a lake crossing, yes. or like I'll mandatory, you w- wear a vest. Yes, it would take me forever, but I could do you it. You could just backstroke yes. the whole way. I'll do and that. And also, I'm not a strong bicyclist. <laughs> no, I'm not either. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many prerequisites. Regan, I am totally into this. As long as there's no running, mountain biking, anything under 72 degrees Fahrenheit. Are there going to be food breaks? And what color is the finisher I shirt? Want a, is there I want a, a hot tub at the end. Yes. I want to climb up things therapist. and then go down things. 
Can we I just climb? We just really want to go to Palm Springs and <laughs> have drinks. Yeah, <laughs> is that what Maybe it is? We could just go to a film festival. Or yeah, something. is there a film festival? Is there like an adventure race through a Four Seasons? <laughs> like you know, a lot of stairs and that is yeah. I don't really like stairs. The, glam- yeah. <laughs> the glamping version of uh, adventure racing. Yeah, we. But I think we need to start slow is what we're saying like if the four of us were on an adventure <gasps> that sounds fun for like a, a one week four of us yes and we run into trouble yes who are we eating first who's mm. who's the sacrificial the lamb here well i don't eat meat so i don't know but you have you to gotta survive to live oh chris just pointed at garen as he was looking away <laughs> it's, Gar- it's, it's me it's garen it's, it's absolutely you mostly fat so it's, it's it would be you me. yeah he does look delicious thank you who is the one person that we would leave behind <laughs> we go like listen the three of us are, are feeling good danielle we're gonna get- <laughs> danielle answers for herself just like i'm like i'll just do a plank here i'm fine you guys go off and do your hard stuff you would be like, Danielle, here's a lighter, and I got half of a power bar. I'm sorry. Best of luck to you. Tra- trash bag to keep Aww. warm. Yeah. Hear me out. Yeah. We do an adventure run. Yeah. yeah. At an outdoor mall. <gasps> yeah. Okay. The escalators are off. Okay. okay. Mm. Uh, That's roughing it. Yeah. yeah. Roughing it. You have to hop over the food trucks or whatever they have. I love this. Course. Tilly's is closed. No Tilly's. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not getting any help there. What There's about no... Claire's? Is Claire's open? Claire's is a, open. Can I get my nose pierced? Yeah. The pier- <laughs> yes. If I wanted to get a nose ring. The piercings of them. You can buy $5 cookies. Oh my gosh. I would be up for trying something like I've I've tried anything once a mall adventure race. You know what? We'd probably fun. make a million dollars. Yeah, let's make it a TV show. Well, Regan, we cannot thank you enough for being here. That story was amazing. I feel inspired. Yeah, we're gonna do a, an adventure race. And now, also, you gotta sign up. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna send everyone a registration link and just look at the sarcastic remarks. <laughs> Regan, we were lying. When is your next one? Soon. Um, my next. Big event. I have a race this weekend that's a trail run. It'll be about 13 miles, so about a half marathon. Wow. And I got a couple of small races. My next big one's in April. That's mm-hmm. on in Virginia. Okay. And that's a 48-hour one. Jeez Louise. Called the Shenandoah Epic. Wish me luck. Uh, good, good luck. luck. Thank you. And do you have any entertainment-related things you would like to plug? Uh, no, none at all. I, you know, uh, I, I feel like I'm selling everything right now. If I have one more person come up and say, please stop selling me... <laughs> Geico or car insurance or uh, fabric softener. I'm, I'm the commercial guy now. I'm two more years in this business, Danielle. I yeah, think then you become professional. Uh, you're just that guy who hangs out at at all the uh, adventure races. I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna be the guy who does the podcast rounds and tells the same story over and over. Like, oh my god, here comes the frozen in the ocean. Story. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'd love to have you back anytime. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm willing this to come on. This was a blast. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, I will uh, I will get as close to death as I can in Thank April, you. so that Great. I have a reason to come back. You're such a giver. You're welcome. <laughs> We will be right back with what we've learned today. Stay tuned. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Welcome back to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. Are you ready to know what we learned today, Danielle? I would love to hear a summation of what we learned well, today. it doesn't need to be freezing to get hypothermia. Mm. Let's accept that Danielle Koenig is a fashion icon. Yep. I'm accepting that. Terminal burrowing. <laughs> Carry Drew Barrymore in your kit for fire starting. Oh, here's some factoids. In the two-part season finale of the fifth season of Taxi, Latka, Andy Kaufman, is forced to have sex with a woman to stop her from dying of hypothermia with his body heat. Oh, okay. So not Judd Hirsch and uh, Nardo. So now I'm going to have dreams about Andy Kaufman. You're not dead unless you're warm and dead. (laughs) Cars and sharks are out there. Mm-hmm. You have something for us, Danielle? I do. I have a well, actually, Ooh, good. On, on myself once again. <laughs> I keep doing this. You just love to well, actually, yourself. Well, actually, my well, actually, my husband did it, and he's completely right. When I said that um, the woman who sent us all the stuff was Ann Hunter, it was Ann Hunter. Correct. But then I made this bold proclamation that that was the name of the woman from All About Eve. I agreed with you. But then when we came back, we were like, "Yep, Ann Baxter was the woman from All About Eve," which she is. But Ann Baxter is not the name of the woman who sent us the stuff. So I don't know what I. Did I think I was like Anne, Anne Baxter and Kim Hunter, maybe, who is an actress. I smushed them together. And it was such an idiotic. Um, if I were in my car listening to that episode, I would have driven through a wall. You'd get that mad about it? Uh, oh, yeah. You, do you not know me? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I would have been. You hate when people get things wrong. I hate. You would yes. hate our podcast because we <laughs> get things wrong all the time. <laughs> exactly. You would be like, that podcast makes me crazy. You know. I will tell you this, I went right along and agreed with you, so yes. apparently you should be a cult leader because <gasps> you have power. I'm a fashionable cult leader. Yeah, so Love you know it. what? You should really think highly of yourself because apparently I do. <laughs> well, thank you. You're welcome. Um, and also, thank you everyone for tuning in today. Yes, and thank you, Garen Cockrell, for being an awesome producer. You're the best. So on top we of it. We love you so much. You know what? Everyone on Twitter, give Garen some love. Yes. You know what? You could give him money. Venmo him. Yeah. He, he would love some money. Someone should be paying him for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Please send him money. And thank you, Regan Burns, for being an awesome guest. He was great. He, he was, was fantastic. so fun. Give him some love, too. And as always, please reach out to us. We're on... Uh, Twitter and Facebook and uh, Instagram at Pod How to Survive. Absolutely, I oh, got it right. You can also just review us and give us five stars. Yeah, and we love to hear what you have to say. Yeah, reach out. Bye.